Welcome to the If I Had More Time podcast at Mariner's Church. This podcast series invites you into a casual conversation with our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, and our teaching team to hear a few helpful insights and truths they wish they had time to include in the weekend message. Be sure that you have listened to this weekend's message prior to listening to the podcast so you get the most out of our current series. We hope you enjoy it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the If I Had More Time podcast. I'm really excited to have a special guest with us here today. We have Eric, of course, and we have Guillermo, our lead pastor of our Santa Ana congregation. So glad that you're here, Guillermo. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit just of of what God's doing in Santa Ana right now? I'm hopeful that there might even be some people that are living in Santa Ana and didn't even know we had a church there, and right. maybe maybe they'd get to hear a little bit about what God's doing in their and, city and their community. And we would love to have them. Yeah. Uh, because God is doing amazing, amazing things at Mariner Santa Ana. Um, just the beautiful community that God has raised, and uh, one of the things that I love the most is where God has strategically placed us, hmm. you know, right at the heart of Santa Ana, right in downtown. Um, and, you know, we, we started in the coffee shop, right, you know, just outside of downtown Santa Ana, and we, we started with about 20 people about two years ago, and just the amazing growth that we've been able to see there, uh, eventually outran the space, and God, you know, was able to open the space for us to get a building in downtown Santa Ana, first leasing it, and, you know, the news uh, was released a few weeks ago where, you know, we were able to buy the building, giving us access to not only where we have been doing worship, but also a full basement uh, where we're going to be building our kids' facility. Yeah. And then a full second floor where we're going to have our youth facility. It's just amazing. It's things. beautiful, man. Yeah, it really is. I and mean, I, I, I cannot, I don't think I would have been able to write the story yeah. as good as, I mean, it, this is a, an example of God's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Yes. I mean, as you say, we were in the coffee shop. I mean, my memories of July yeah. 2020 are popping back in my head <laughs> of, yeah. of a couple dozen people, yeah. you know, outside a TV. A TV was it? Mm-hmm. Like it was that was that was church One for guitarist. us. Yeah, <laughs> and then the thing just a couple of years later, yeah. what God has done is just remarkable. I mean, and I mean, people's lives being changed, transformed. So I mean, this this week in story time, seeing pictures of uh, teenagers from Santa Ana That's being right. baptized in the parking lot yeah. and the horse trough. I mean, come on, yeah, it's like the Book of Acts <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. it's just so, beautiful. Yeah. And also just, you know, uh, if you were to drive there, there's a lot of construction going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, so frustrating to get, you know, to, to get there. But it really isn't because hmm. all the construction that's happening there is uh, townhomes, uh, mm-hmm. apartment complexes. And I'm talking about literally a minute walking distance wow. from our building. Amazing. And uh, I've been able to count over 5,000 uh, units, you know, that have been built in just Sweet. less than one mile radius from our building. Once again, I don't think any of us any of us thought about this, right? Like it was just God placing us there yeah. so that in the future we can be, you know, a church that can welcome them and welcome all those families. Yes. Um, so we're so excited. God is doing really, really amazing things there. And I am so thankful to Mariner's Church for their generosity. I mean, at Christmas time, I said, hey, we didn't have this planned yeah. in the budget, but if we would have $3 million given, we would be able to put $3 million down, and then our mortgage payment would be less than our current lease payment. Yeah. And man, the church just stepped up. And I'm up. so thankful. I'm so thankful. So we now we own that building. It, it used to be called the Ramona Building, but now it's the Mariner Santa <laughs> That's right. building. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So yeah. Good. I mean, uh, I think about just amazing stories, right, of generosity. Yeah. Just people showing up, you know, uh, man, Mariner's Church 
just uh, just generous, beautiful people. And even in, in our congregation, the Mariner Santa Ana, um, you know, I remember there, there was this guy who came up to me once uh, after, a, uh, after uh, a sermon, and then he's like, hey, pastor, he called me pastor, you know, he's like, hey, man, just, I want to apologize uh, for, for the amount that I gave. And I was like, well, hold on. First, I didn't even know you gave, but also I, I, I never really know actually, you know, how much, how much people give. Um, but I thank you for your generosity. And yeah. he's like, well, well, just in full disclosure, um, just letting you know, you're gonna see there in the drop in, you know, in the in the offering box, my name with five dollars. Wow. It's all I have, and uh, wow. but I just really want us to buy this building. Man, yeah. So he gave all he had. All he had, yeah. So five dollars. So I think that about is the, like the widow's mite yeah. in the in the yeah. man. And It'll, Jesus bragged on the faith of that yeah. of that woman. Yeah, it shows the heart of the people, right? They, yeah. they just wanted to give to be able to be part of what God is doing. That's man. right. So yeah, and uh, now I'm he is. That's inspiring. Yeah. yeah, he's a part, exactly. That is true. That we, brother now that is we have a that massive building, part of I that. I mean, he can say, I, I have stock in this. Yes, like, this, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm Eternal this, stock know? in this. It's so good. I love Amen. it. It's the, it's the perfect example of yeah. what you shared from the John 6 passage. Yes. Mm. The famous story, Jesus feeding yes. the 5,000. A lot of people say it was even more than 5,000. Right. We all know, people yeah. inside and outside the church know. And they no say that because um, they typically in that culture only counted the men. Uh-huh. So right. if it was women and children there, which Jesus had lots of women and children following him, we know yeah. this, it could have been as many as 20,000 people right. there. You know, From massive crowd. a couple fish and One boy's of, lunchbox. It's amazing. And I mean, like this guy giving yeah. all he had. Yes. It was all that kid had. And this. That's right. And, and look at what God did. It's Amen. so good. It's like he's always built his church this way. You know, exactly. he's always shown off like Come on. this. That's so what good. he does. I love it. Wow. You also shared from a First Corinthians passage whenever you were sharing on generosity there. I'm really grateful for how you're shepherding our church through that and that it's whether you're you it is the the man with the five dollars or the man that can give much more the woman yeah. that can give much more we all have a decision to make about how we'll steward and how we'll be generous with what we've been given um can you talk a little bit about that first corinthians passage on the proportionate like yes. that that word might be new for some of us when we talk about about generosity yeah so the passage I read is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, and he says, hey, I'm going to tell you what I told the Galatian church. So this was not only for the Corinthians, but for the Galatians too. So you get the sense that this is how the early church handled finances. So you who are listening, you're a part of a long legacy of Christians who have financed the church, who have financed the work of Jesus through the church. And here's what Paul said. He said, on the first day of the week, each of you, so like, let's all play. Each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. So it should be on the first day of the week, regular, and it should be proportionate in keeping with your income. So scholars ask, okay, what is proportionate? Like what proportion? Right. Mm. You know, what, what, is, there, is there a percentage? What proportion? And then there's some, some debate among scholars. So some scholars say, oh, clearly there's a proportion. It's called the tithe. It's 10%. Hmm. The tithe is taught in the Old Testament. And so if you make $30,000 a year, you give $3,000 to the work of Jesus. If you make $10 million a year, you give a million dollars to the work of Jesus. Like this is, it's a tithe. So there's some scholars who believe that. Other scholars say, no, no, the tithe 
is mentioned in the Old Testament, but it's not repeated in the New Testament. And so they would say, yes, clearly there's the principle from the passage we just read, but it's not a tithe, it's, it's, but it is proportionate. Now, of that group who say it's no longer 10%, that, that, actually the majority of that group says it's more than 10%. Interesting. And the reason they say that is because if the law was 10%, and we know the law brings death, we know mm-hmm. the law is like the six purification water mm-hmm. bottles it's, or jugs, it's not complete. If the law was 10%, wouldn't the grace of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus be even more? Wouldn't grace actually cause us to give more? So that it would be an even great, even a greater percentage. And then there's some that say, no, it's just you be, you, you be generous. So people ask me, um, hey, Eric, do you think the tithe is in the New Testament? I say the principle of proportionate and regular is in the New now, I do find that usually when someone's asking, hey, it's no longer the tithe, right? It's because they're trying to have a non-guilty conscience yeah, right. about, about a low giving amount. And so I just would say, listen, you guys got to spend time. You just got to spend time with Jesus. I'll just say for me uh, and for Kay, our whole married life, and as you heard, we got married um, really young with a really Cheap $2,200 wedding. Cheetos and ginger ale. Cheetos and ginger ale. Was it at least out of the glass bottles? No, I think it was a little plastic (laughs) plastic cups. We got married at two in the afternoon, and and where we got married, uh, if you got married at night, that was a clear sign that you had dinner. If you get married in the afternoon, it's it's like it's Cheetos and ginger ale. Right? (laughs) But so we didn't have a lot of money, and I was a youth pastor, a part time youth pastor at the time. But we made the commitment when we first got married that we would tithe. We would give 10% or more of whatever God gave us. And I've heard people say you can't outgive God, and we have found that to be true. Wow. He has been so good and so generous to That's us. so good. I, I love that you guys started that whenever you didn't have a lot. Like, it's not like it's going to get easier the more money you have. A lot of people bank on that. They do. It's not true. I, I, think, I, think it's, I, I think it's harder. Yeah. I think, so I was making $12,000 a year. Um, I think when I first was in ministry, um, I, people who say it's easier to give when you make more, I'm like, I, that's not true. So if, if you make a million dollars and you haven't learned how to give when, when you don't make much, right. and I've never made a million dollars, but if you didn't learn how to give low, there's no way you would give That'd be a hundred thousand dollars. Like I, right. I, that's unfathomable for someone right. who's not, who's not already been given. True. You know, right? It's beautiful. I love how this is something that our church talks about so often. Like with, this is a big part of our DNA. With I think rooted too. We, you know, we make a big deal out of rooted week eight, and it's on right. your giving journey. Like and just that it is, it is a spiritual discipline. It's a very um, practical thing that we do in our life, but. Um, it really, it, it's a reflection of our worship. It's our, totally. it's our relationship with him. So I love what a big deal we make out of this. And, and we make a big deal because we really believe it is a big deal. Yes. And it's good for you. It's so good it's for not, soul. we don't have marbles in our mouth as we talk about giving. Like this is something we're ashamed of because we believe it's best for the person. That's right. That's right. And then God builds his church like this beautiful story that's that right. we got to hear. I love that. 
So you hit on some amazing things with this this other miracle. So you you talk about how Jesus turns water into wine, and um, it's another one that is a hot topic. People love to to talk about um, you know what it really meant and what is he really saying with that. And you address some of those things. I I love it. Something that that you share is that Jesus provides in big ways and in small ways, using the the fact that he took the bath water yeah. as an example and what beautiful sanctification really means for us. What what he was representing really was the purification of people from the dirty bathwater rather than just the empty empty jars or the empty wineskins. Um, and then you also talk about how he was saving face for yeah. this guy. You show he cares mm-hmm. about our salvation and he cares about our dignity. Right. Talk he, more about He could that. save our soul, but he also saved this guy's face, really, so from losing credibility with... His in-laws with losing credibility in the community. This guy really rescued, was rescued yeah. by Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He cares so much about our. You, I think you said it earlier. Our day to day. Yes. Right. So tell us. Can we talk more about that? Like, where where have you guys seen that even in in your own life where you've been surprised by man that little thing God cared about for me? I'm super grateful as I read this passage that He does care for the little things. Yeah. That I can go to Him with a hurtful thing that someone said or um, a a burden I have for my daughter or uh, one of the guys in my life group who's got a a question about his girlfriend that I can that I can go to Jesus for those things and that Jesus isn't bothered as me going to him for those things because he cares for those little details in my life because Jesus views me as He's called me his son. He cares for me that way. And those are not minute. It's it's like when my daughters come to me with things that some people might think are small. They're not small to me because they're important to my daughters. I love when they come to me even for seemingly small things because I get to spend time with them because they come to their dad. In the same way, Jesus loves when we come to him, not only with these big, massive problems in our lives, but when we come to him with the small details of our lives because he loves for us to come to him. He loves to spend time with us and us with him. That's so good. I love that line. He isn't bothered. What about you, Guillermo? Well, I, I love how even in this scripture, um, the, that one single miracle uh, touches in so many different ways and in so many different people that are, that are involved in the story. Like, uh, like I, I just could not stop thinking about the, the servants when Mary says, hey, do whatever he says. Yeah. Um, and the reason why that came to my mind is because uh, at one point in my life, uh, I was a ser- I was a server, and uh, where, where were you server at? At Disneyland. I really? Used to, I used to oh my gosh! What, which park? Uh, at the regular Disneyland uh, in the New Orleans Square. Oh, you were in New Orleans Square? Yeah. <laughs> so you used, like beignets and stuff? Yeah. Come yeah. on now, man. Yeah. The, so there's a there's the best a, food in the world right yeah, there, man. Yeah. New Orleans. I would serve like you know the, yeah, the clam mean, chowders and oh, yeah? the gumbo Come balls and gumbo. all that stuff. <laughs> now, now, no offense to Disneyland and Disneyland fans, I will say the food in actual New Orleans <laughs> is better. Huh? Is better than <laughs> shocking. Yeah. 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 Hey, I would say the same thing. There's a Mexican restaurant there. I would say that, you know. In real Mexico? Yeah, it's better than, than, than that. Really? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I was taken back to the story, right, because, I mean, I can only, I can only picture these servants when, when she says, do whatever he says. And these servants went and grabbed the, you know, the purification jars, and they did all that work. Just, and then eventually they were able to, you know, bring the wine, 
just the feeling of like, hey, man, I was useful in this story. Like I wow. was like, man, this is awesome, right? And I can only imagine how that single miracle also touched uh, the um, the the master of the banquet, right? The one that went up to the bride and groom and said, hey, man, you saved the best for last. Right. That master was the one that was in charge of the whole party. Mm-hmm. He would have already been ashamed as well. You know, not only the groom, but he would have been like, Man, I did a terrible job. I clearly didn't really manage this correctly. Yeah, I haven't run this party well. Exactly, yeah. you know, and so that one miracle touches on that person as well. Yeah, even though I, it looks like he thought the groom had done it. Yeah. And G- mm. and the, what's the the crazy thing to me about the story is that Jesus doesn't doesn't be sure everybody knows that it was him. And I even wrestle with it a little bit mm. theologically because we know, I mean, we know that, that he exists for his own glory, which is because there's nothing better than his own glory for him to exist for, I mean, right? right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, he allows the groom to get the credit yeah. because he's, he's saving to, your, to the word you use, Liz, his dignity. Yeah. And so that it seems like the head of the party thinks the groom had some master plan yeah. with the best stuff in the wow. back, mm-hmm. you know, that it would be normal for the two buck chuck to be served <laughs> Day three, yeah, but right. this guy, whoa, man, you you are like bring you're amping the party up in the third day, and Jesus allows people to think that the groom had it planned. That yeah. Jesus really cares so much about the groom's and the family's dignity. It's yeah. really remarkable. Yeah. It's so beautiful. He's that selfless, you know. Yes, he, like, he yes, that was very selfless. Oh my gosh, like what an example for us. This is this is another way that we're just seeing how these miracles. It's really like. It's about the water and the wine, but it's really not. That's right. It's something much deeper. Yeah. It's something so much deeper. I love it. I love it. Um, you talk. You talk about another paradox: the the looking back with the communion. I loved this where we were talking about it's the remembering, and then the future hope that how right. Jesus references a future wedding yep. for himself. Yeah. I, I feel like we could have camped out on that part yes. of the message, talking about the marriage supper of the lambs. Totally. Before. Ever. Yes. Like, and so I just, I love that in one message, we're talking about our job to look back and to remember, and Jesus models for us the look forward with right. future hope. Not yet my time, mother yes. or woman, the mm. only time that yes. a man's ever allowed to call his mom a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not repeating that. <laughs> right. That's for no one else to right. use. Yeah. Talk, talk a little bit. Is there anything else you would share if you had more time yes. on the marriage supper of the lambs? So there's so many threads that the, the stories, the account is just amazing. So good. There's threads through it, right? So you have the thread of the wine that Jesus is the one who never runs dry, that fills us with ultimate joy that earthly wine could never fill. And so that's the, the wedding and the wine are there, but then you have the cup of Jesus sharing wine with his disciples, communion, and then the ultimate supper of the lamb that we're gonna have, Jesus being the lamb who sacrificed for us. So you see that thread. You see the thread of the wedding throughout. So Jesus performs a miracle at the wedding, but he's thinking about his future wedding, which is when he's united with us. And the the groom in the Jewish culture would pay a great price for the wedding. Jesus pays the ultimate price for us, which is clearly why he's disturbed when when he's thinking about my hour has not yet come. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm at this wedding, I'm thinking about my future wedding, but the hour of my death has not yet come. But now I'm thinking about this because I'm at this wedding thinking of my 
of my future wedding. So you see the thread of his sacrifice throughout. And that really does come together at communion, right? So communion probably is a good example of pulling those threads together because you have the wine pulled into communion, you have the wedding of the lamb pulled into communion. Because when Jesus has communion with his disciples, he says, the next time we're doing this, it's gonna be an everlasting paradise. So we took communion together this weekend to remember what Christ has accomplished, but also to look forward to when we're gonna be with him in everlasting paradise. And we symbolically remember his death for us as we look backward, but we also look forward to where we'll be with him forever, which is what his death accomplished for us. Mm-hmm. So there's so much threads and symbolism in this, in this miracle, which is why John calls it a sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's not only, oh, that, that's really awesome. He's got the power to turn water into wine. Yeah, that is awesome. But there's something much deeper going on. It's not only a miracle, it's a sign. There's some deeper significance and meaning for, for God's people. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It feels like we could have had a whole miracle series on this one miracle. It's a, I love this one so <laughs> you much. You could have done like a week on each perspective or totally. something. It's There's a lot of angles on this one. Yeah, it's so good. Well, Guillermo, thanks so much yeah. for joining us. Man, thanks for sharing what God's doing. It's It's been beautiful to see the story being written so far in Santa Ana. Yeah. I took uh, Kay and the girls on spring break week. We went and had lunch in Santa Ana, and I texted you like, hey, where should I eat? What's the best place? And you, you were like, Give me, you sent me a place to go to. We went to it. Then you texted like, hey, I'm not saying it's the best best, <laughs> which, which I, I felt like I told Kay. I said, Guillermo's doing what I do when someone asks me for restaurant recommendations in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send one, and then I'm thinking, well, I don't want them to say, Eric said this is the That's best, right, yeah. because someone else might say, what? Yeah. That's not the best. This is the best. <laughs> yeah. So you had to like hedge your bet a little bit. Right. It's like, it's like hey, what is like, think about the question, what's the best Mexican place here? I'm like, man, that's a lot of pressure yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I can't speak for everybody. Exactly. And someone, yeah. someone asked me about New Orleans, what's the best friend, Paul Boy? I sent him someplace. And then I'm like, after I send it, I'm like, oh, dang, someone else may disagree with that. So I said, <laughs> no, it's kind of subjective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there's so many places right. that are awesome. But as we, as we sat there and had lunch in Santa Ana and walked, walked around downtown, which is such a cool area. So cool. And then I took the kids to Mariner Santa Ana mm-hmm. and told them the story of what God has done. And there's a wall there uh, that is, it's now been covered up. But when we first moved into that building, we had a, a pastor Actually, our whole staff, we had a prayer time at Mariner Santa Ana, and we all wrote prayers on the wall. And I know exactly where my prayer my prayer is. Yeah. And I remember what I wrote down, Matthew 13, 31, 32. Uh, it's a story of Jesus saying, hey, the kingdom of heaven's like this. It, it starts with a small seed, turns into a large plant, and then birds of the air nest in its branches. And my prayer being that what began as a small seed in Mariner Santa Ana would grow into a plant but it wouldn't just be that people would come and attend Mariner Santa Ana, but that the city would be blessed. Mm. Yeah. The city would, would be fed, not just physically, spiritually, emotionally, everything. That the, the people outside of our church within the city of Santa Ana would be blessed and served. And it's happening at a much faster click than yeah. what I envisioned would happen. I'm so thankful for what God's doing at Mariner Santa Ana. And I'm, I'm thankful that you're there, man. You're doing yeah. amazing, amazing work. And oh, it's such really, an honor. Really proud of you, man. Thank you, guys. Such an honor. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the If I Had More Time podcast. Thanks for joining us today on the If I Had More Time podcast hosted by Mariner's Church. 
We hope to see you next weekend at any of our congregations across Southern California or online. To view our service times at each congregation, be sure to check out our website at marinerschurch.org.